Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. I am Latricia, and with me is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. Today, we have a special guest, Dorlan Charles. Dorlan Charles has a bachelor's degree from Florida A&M University with a minor in African American Studies. She, in the past, was a campaign staffer for Florida's 2nd Congressional District seat in the 2010 governor's race, helping her candidates win seats. She is currently a middle school teacher, National Beta Club sponsor, professional development facilitator, and a district-wide trainer and facilitator. She deems herself the social studies crusader. She is a return guest and she will be helping us navigate and learn about political scandals. Let's welcome Dorlan. Hi, Dorlan. Hi, I am so excited to be back. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to have you. I'm going to let Latricia start off with some questions. Yes, we are so excited to have you come back today and talk about these different political scandals scandals. And I guess when we think about politicians, oftentimes we think about their behavior that's oftentimes shady, and it usually is attributed to their character. And it also has to do with some of their actions. So when you think about scandal, what are some political scandals that come to mind? Ooh, okay. So I thrive off of political scandals. Uh, I think it's just so interesting because they're meant to be seen as these holier than thou. They have the moral compass. They're supposed to be um, the moral compass of our country, but yet they get caught in some stick situation. So I will say one, there are two that stand out to me. Number one, John Edwards. I'm not sure if you guys remember him. He was the senator from North Carolina who was deemed a rising star, right, in the Democratic Party after running as um, a mate, a running mate with John Kerry in 2004. Um, Unfortunately, you know, they lost uh, the bid for the uh, for the presidency. And so four years later, um, there were some things that took place, y'all. So he was accused of, number one, having an affair with a young woman. Uh, she was a filmmaker. She was hired to work on his campaign. He originally denied the allegations. And see, that's where it always starts. They usually lie and say, no, this did not take place. He was married. He had kids at that particular time. And so um, he, he said no. Later on, 
he admitted that the allegations was a hundred percent true. And then not only was it true, he fathered a child outside of his marriage. Three years later after that, Edwards faced a federal grand jury on charges of using campaign money to hide his affair. He was acquitted uh, on one count, and then he received a mistrial on the other account. And so when you think of uh, John Kerry, um, when you think, I'm, I'm sorry, of John Edwards, he seemed as one of those, he was very groomed, really prim and proper. Um, his wife was dying of cancer. I'm not sure if you guys remember that. So there, so this guy was supposed to be the vice president of the United States of America. And then he just fell by the wayside. Unfortunately, he never bounced back um, because of this political scandal. He just became a private citizen after that. So that's number one that I remember. Number two. So there was a congresswoman named Katie Hill from California. Oh, my goodness. She was rocked with a multitude of scandals that led to her resigning from Congress. So let me tell you what happened with, uh, with Ms. Hill that was quite interesting. So due to um, uh, someone gave an anonymous tip, um, and so that triggered a House Ethics Committee committee opening up an investigation. Now, you know, sometimes when they open up investigation, when there is smoke, there is fire for the most part, right? So there has to be some type of proof or some type of documentation um, to the alleged uh, crime that they said uh, she did. So allegedly, allegedly, right, they said she was having a sexual relationship with a male congressional staffer. Now, she has denied that this has taken place. Um, and so during that time when it was happening, the Me Too movement was really big. And so um, Congress made it um, a, a law passed that um, you cannot date uh, any of the staffers at all. No relationship uh, can take place. So she denied all allegations. Well, well, oh, well. Well, after that, there were some nude photos that was leaked from a conservative website without her consent. And so um, she told uh, a lot of people that, you know, I have no idea where this picture uh, came from. She ended up blaming her extreme husband for leaking the photos to hurt her. Now, because she was knee deep in political scandal after scandal, she did come out and acknowledge and apologize. She did have a consensual sexual relationship with a female campaign staffer when she was running for Congress. So boy, oh boy. Now that literally rocked Capitol Hill. Um, so Katie Hill, unfortunately, 
um, it was a lot of distraction. She did not want to take away from the uh, from why she was elected um, into office. And so, unfortunately, October of, of 2019 was was literally a year ago from today. She had to resign. Um, she was uh, she said she was embarrassed, uh, especially because of the nude photos that was leaked. So she actually is now a private citizen because of that. So those are the two main scandals that I can just remember on top of my head. Wow. I am, I have never been into soap opera, but when you were speaking, I was like, this seems like some telenovo, some as the world turns and it's just unbelievable. And it's so recent. I'm glad that you did give a description of a man and a woman because I'm going to be honest. I always think of men having the affairs and being the scandalous one. But some people may just be tuning in and wonder, why are we talking about political scandals? We just had our election. And it has been not only the talk of the town, it is the talk of the world. And there's always so much discussion when it goes on to elections. We want to know that the people in our government represents us well. So we have to wonder if this person is unfaithful to their dying wife with cancer, what else are they capable of? Are they going to care about students with special needs? Are they going to care about elders? This person seems like they're heartless. So this is why we're having this discussion and now, although the election is coming up, there's more elections to come. So you already did a podcast with us previously about the importance of election. And we're going to have the inauguration soon. So we want to discuss the importance of continuing to vote, not just for the presidential election, but also the upcoming elections. There is adultery and cheating and all of these, but there's also other forms of scandal when we think of politics. One that comes to mind is Nixon. And as a social studies teacher, can you explain that to us and the listeners? So Watergate is one of my favorite. Uh, so Richard Nixon, uh, he was in a peculiar spot in that where he wasn't sure um the fate of the country. He didn't know what was going to happen to him and um, in terms of getting elected, what would that look like? Um, so <laughs> a couple men uh, ended up, uh, <laughs> they broke into uh, the headquarters, the Democratic headquarters, and they retrieved some documents. Once they retrieved those documents, they were intended to use it against the Democratic ticket and then to show that they um, are not trustworthy. This is what they're doing to the American public. Um, unfortunately, they didn't find much information um, at all. Um, it triggered um, a, a large global um, in, internal investigation. Um, there was trials that took place. He had to, um, he almost, uh, he had to resign instead of being impeached. He knew that the walls were going to cave in on him. Um, it was a very sophisticated, 
sophisticated level of operation. A lot of people um, got thrown under the bus because of him. Um, and so instead of having the Senate convicting him, instead of being impeached, he ended up resigning. And he, till this day, I believe, if I'm not correct, um, he is the only president, sitting president, that ended up resigning. Yep, he's the only one who resigned. And probably, like you said, because he knew that he was going to be impeached and not only impeached, but also removed from the office. Because we know of other scandals where the president was impeached, the Bill Clinton scandal. And like Phyllis says, there's more than just sex scandals, but it seems like many of these scandals are revolved around sex. And the one that you're talking about, I guess that's more of a power move that Nixon was trying to maintain power. And, and I guess money is another reason for scandals. Can you think of any money-related scandals? So here in Chicago, um, so ComEd is um, what we use for electricity. And so there are quite a few lawmakers in our state that did some backdoor deals with ComEd without letting us no. And so a whistleblower ended up um, letting us know about it. And now there's an internal investigation. Um, it is still in the air in terms of the final ruling and judgment. But that definitely happens where you will have um, lawmakers will receive money from certain companies. And then if you pass a certain law, I'm going to secretly put some money in your bank account and no one will have to know about it. So that typically happens. And believe it or not, it doesn't become a scandal because these politicians are very crafty and they don't tell anyone and they and they keep it to themselves. It will take a whistleblower to then um, say, oh, wait a minute. Why did you get $10 million uh, set aside and put into this particular account or under this particular name, it's unfamiliar. We're not sure where that name is until they do a further research. So that's my favorite when um, multi-million dollar companies give politicians money so that they can create or write a law to favor them. And that's why we need to have these type of conversations because it is our responsibility as citizens and constituents of these politicians that we have elected or that have been elected, even if they're not candidates that we have chosen, to hold them accountable. Like We are responsible for holding them accountable beyond the election. Once they've gotten elected into office, now is really time to watch what they're doing and not only what they said before they got into the office, but now let's pay attention to what they're doing and hold them accountable. You used the word crafty, Latricia, and I believe it was Nixon that said, I am not a crook. Was that Nixon? It was Nixon. So it made me think of another politician who said, 
I did not have sex with that woman. Which brings us to former President Clinton, who had a, a scandal as well. And I'm glad that you mentioned, Orlando, that maybe it's not a scandal that's going to get you removed from office or impeached, but it may shed negative light on you because there's also scandals that are always attached to you, such as the three strikes. So can you talk about that scandal as well, the Monica Lewinsky and also other scandals that may not have a consequence, but may always paint you in a negative light? Yes. So with Monica Lewinsky, this is this is a very where we talk about the power dynamic, right? Um, you have a president who is very loved. Um, Americans pretty much worship him. They even viewed him black per se, right? And so he was one of our own. Um, and Plainly, he took advantage of a young girl. I mean, Monica was in her early 20s, you know, and due to some taped conversations um, that was leaked, uh, she had kept the famous blue dress, right? If it wasn't for the conversation and the evidence, I think he would have denied it, uh, continuously denied it, and and thought that he got away with it. So it made you wonder um, how often do these politicians participate in illegal or immoral activities? Um, and because they are in power, they can just sweep it under the rug and no one will end up finding out or eventually it will, no one will talk about it anymore because it's so old. The three strike uh, law that you're referring to, uh, so many of our young black men and women and brown men and women are currently incarcerated because of one of the laws that uh, Bill Clinton put into place that further exacerbate the the prison um, industrial complex. Now, what I think that's interesting is that he's not tied to that. Normally, when we think about prisoners in America, the millions of prisoners in America who are serving life sentences because of that three-strike law that he put into action, no one talks about him. They don't say Bill Clinton. But what I did notice is that the crime, the crime bill um, that is being in talks um, now is Joe Biden. Um, he's the one that's getting flagged for it. But throughout presidencies since then have really um, have stricter laws in place. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that we're we're very selective, right? So if we like him, if they're popular, if they um, if they seem like they're good people, when some type of controversial issue or a scandal take place, we kind of give them a pat or a risk on the or a risk or a slap on the risk and say, okay, well, don't do that again. But I'm gonna support you a hundred percent. This is just a small little blemish on your resume, but we're still going to hug you and love you with open arms and still accept you into the political arena. One scandal. Oh my goodness. Uh, I typically don't talk about stuff that happens at FAMU, but I'll talk about it since we're we're discussing. I'm. Um, 
scandals. Um, Gillum, he was running to be the governor of Florida. And, um, well, unfortunately, Kenneth Owens had a tweet and, and she said that he was found in a hotel room naked and, uh, with another man and, and Gillum is married with two children. And so this scandal took place after he lost um, the governorship. And so uh, that scandal pretty much rocked Florida. It rocked my school. Um, and he took some time away. Um, he issued a statement, you know, because there were some drugs and alcohol uh, that took place, uh, allegedly. Um, and there were pictures that was ended up being leaked. We, we knew there was going to be pictures that was going to come, but then the fact that the pictures got leaked, um, so that was interesting. So to see a young black man um, who had, again, another uh, Democrat who was a rising star, right, um, plagued by scandal, uh, thankfully he, he went to rehab, he took some months, some time away, and now he is slowly starting to bounce back. He has a podcast. Um, um, that he just launched not too long ago. Bottom line, I think the overall message for me sometimes, we're human. Although you are in a political office, you make mistakes. The only difference is everybody can see your mistake um, is going to be on the news cycle for a, a minute and everyone is going to look at those pictures versus when I do something it's not going to be leaked, right? And so no one is really going to know, well, this is what Dorlan is doing behind closed doors, right? And so um, we, I, de I definitely want to touch on the fact that we're all humans and we do make mistakes, but it's how we come back. America loves a comeback story. America loves to show that people can have a second chance. People can be redeemed. People can recover sometimes sometimes <laughs> speaking of recovery and you were talking about how people are so quick to forgive because of the popularity of some of these politicians and i noticed with like bill clinton how even though he was impeached he wasn't removed from office and he continued to be president and he still was popular and Nixon, although he resigned, I, I think the subsequent president released him of all of the charges where other people in his camp went to prison. He was kind of set free. So what about the the consequences of these actions? I know, like you said, John Edwards and Miss Hill, they kind of their political career kind of washed up. But is it common? for people to make comebacks or is it just the beloved ones that make the comeback? Although John Edwards, you said he was beloved in which I, I do remember that he was. Yeah, so I tried to look and research what are some short and long-term effects of political scandals. Believe it or not, um, in terms of the market, right? The Dow Jones, 
there's no consequence. There will be a slight dip um, within the Dow, but then for the most part, it is uninfected. And so I try to also then analyze voter behavior during a political scandal. Would voters not vote for you or would voters look, uh, lose your trust? What's so interesting about that is inconsistent. Studies show there's a boost of voter turnout um, during political scandals. Um, sometimes citizens are withdrawn from the political process, and then sometimes there's no effect at all. So it's just really contingent on a couple things. One thing that I noticed, however, um, I want to note the media coverage intensity of the scandal that uh, determines if there will be a substantial loss of voters for that political uh, candidate. So how often do the media cycle runs that story, shows the picture, shows the video, shows the text message back and forth? Um, does that Will that um, have a great um, impact? And honestly, per the data I was looking at, it just depends. Sometimes voters are okay with a little scandal, right? And then sometimes voters are... They put their foot down and they say, oh, no, you have to come out of office. And not only are you going to have to come to office, we're okay if you go to jail, depending on what particularly that scandal is. Um, you may have to um, be shunned um, sometimes. And no, we're not going to redeem you because it's unforgivable unforgivable of what you did to the constituents. One thing I would like to know, um, speaking of political scandals, the Flint, Michigan crisis. There is a group of elected officials that poisoned an entire city by not giving them adequate drinking water. And what was so interesting, um, this was during the Obama administration. There was a time where Obama actually went to Flint, Michigan to ask for a water and says, let me drink this filtered water. Meanwhile, there are people who have to use filtered water, bottled water, and it is currently 2020. Flint, Michigan still do not have adequate access to clean water. Now think about that type of scandal happening right under our eyes. Now, thankfully, um, some of them did end up having some consequences, but for a large scale, it was under the rug. The majority of Americans are not talking about the water crisis that's happening in Flint. No one is really talking about it, but yet a good portion of those people are being impacted daily by not being able to just turn on their faucet and to drink water or prepare. Thanksgiving is coming up next week. Think about how much water they're going to need to just prepare Thanksgiving dinner and they have to use bottled water or take a shower. They have to use filtered or bottled water. Another scandal that rocked this country. And yet, as soon as it came on, we stopped talking about it. Because of the media coverage, the cycle is no longer um, something that we talk about. Okay, so, whew, so um, just wrapping everything up, 
who fixes these scandals at different levels? Did you want to touch on who's currently in office? Okay, because his scandal list, there, there's a lot. There's stars and not the stars that dance on stage. Um, there's election concerns. There's, there's a lot of concerns. There's tax concerns. There's so many concerns with um, President Trump. And his current fraud. And it was interesting that you said it, it's based on media coverage when you were saying that, because we had the largest voting turnout in decades. And I do believe it was not only media coverage like the news, but also there were a lot of ads bought on social media, YouTube. I was like, in my mailbox, I was like, I cannot escape this. So can you go into the scandals of President Trump? Yes. So this man has so many scandals. The biggest one that just came out recently was his taxes. All throughout the time, we were just trying to figure out, okay, well, release your taxes, release your taxes. Let's see how much you um, you pay in taxes. And then it finally came out with his taxes. And he said, well, I followed the tax code that was given to me per the administration prior to me. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, that was Esteen, Jeff Esteen, which was a millionaire. Um, he was seen as a person who had a lot of money. He had access to a lot of wealth quickly, and he was within the who's who. Um, a lot of celebrities knew him, and he was attached to our president. They went to parties together. Well, the scandal with that was underage girls were uh, participating in sexual activities with certain uh, members of, of society, whether they're politicians or they were famous people. And so what happened with Essene is that he went to jail. They found so much evidence on him in that uh, some of the documents they attached to our president and then, unfortunately, uh, he committed suicide um, while he was in prison. I'm going to say suicide. So that's um, another scandal. Um, of course, in the beginning of, uh, of 2016, right before he was elected, um, we were talking about rather if uh, the election of 2016 with Hillary Clinton in in, in Trump, what, we had some voter fraud or tampering taking place with the Russian and the Chinese. So were there other outside entities and outside governments having a hand in who actually won the presidency? So that's another scandal that took place. So the question that you had asked me, who fixes these? Well, with the president... Um, he did get impeached. We did find that enough documents. Um, there was a couple things that he did where he, uh, they deemed that it was offensive. Um, however, because the Senate, the Republicans had control of the Senate, he was not removed. He was not convicted. Um, so unfortunately he was still to be remained in office. However, let me caution. Come January, during Inauguration Day, 
and we transfer the powers officially. He will be deemed a citizen and all of those charges can be brought to light as a citizen. And that's probably why he's claiming voter fraud now and trying to hold things up because he knows that they're, they're coming for him. They're coming for him. Now, there's quite a few people who can actually, you know, fix, try to fix some of these things. For example, the White House press secretary, um, their role is to, you know, smooth things over. They have daily press conferences where um, journalists will ask specific questions as to uh, what is happening in the White House, um, of the president's um, movement, um, some of the deals or some of the comments that the president um, might make. So, for example, he's controversial in the sense of some of his tweets. And so now, I see Twitter is actually monitoring um, some of the tweets um, and blocking it or removing some of the things that uh, he is saying. So that's interesting um, because we didn't see that within the last four years. So they're actually censoring um, some of the false and or negative things that he is saying. He does have a team of lawyers on that federal level that can um, navigate and help him through some of the logistical standings. Also, uh, who fixes these? A crisis manager would be the perfect person for them. Uh, one would be, um, as an example, Judy Smith. She's amazing. She, I don't know if you guys remember her, but she is kind of like the Olivia Pope. And so that show is pretty much loosely based on her life. So a crisis manager would be someone who would come in, they will figure out um, how to rebrand, how to smooth things over. They are very strategic. They have a rule book um, and then they would play by play, um, start rebranding um, that particular politician. Um, with Judy Smith, one thing I liked about her is that she actually hurt one of her former clients is Monica Lewinsky. Another client of hers that she had was Wesley Snipes as well. And then the uh, NFL quarterback, Michael Vick, uh, during his animal abuse situation that took place. And you know, he did end up going to jail. And so also what I noticed in present day 2020, some of these politicians just go on CNN or ABC and find someone that they trust and just have an interview and, or they talk to Oprah, right? They talk to a trusted person, have an interview. It's a sit down conversation, but they're very strategic in what they say, how they say it. It's even so strategic in what they wear. Um, and if they're, if it's a, a, um, a sexual scandal, they make sure that their wife is next to them or they make sure that they're seen as the godly person, right? They're very religious. This is a one-time thing that happened. Um, but political scandal now happens so frequently that it happens. It's in our news cycle for like 24 to 72 hours. After that, we forget about it. Um, there was one politician, Ed Burke, I believe his name was, he was having sex um, with young black men and two died in his home. Two men died in his home and he was an elected official. And so um, it's, it's starting to be so 
common. And one of the reasons why is because politicians are powerful. They are very powerful in what they do. Um, rather, they are lawmakers, so they're part of Congress, either the mayor, um, even our governor, our governor of Illinois. We have a governor in Illinois who went to prison, federal prison at that. And he was the governor of our state. And so um, it's, it's quite interesting. I live for this type of chaos um, because for me, it's, how much are you willing to push the envelope, right? You, you become drunk on power. I'm going to first do a little bit at a time and see how would they react. And then I'm going to keep going. And then I'm going to keep going. And then before you know it, they are so drunk with power. They have scorched so much of the area around them and become so sloppy that now all of their business is in the front street. And now we all know what's really going on behind closed doors. Oh, man, if you watched this whole episode, you probably grabbed some popcorn in the middle of it and invited a friend and said, you ain't gonna believe this. It has been very interesting, and I cannot believe all the scandals, but you know what? Politicians are human as well. Um, thank you so much for all the information you gave us. How can people get in contact with you, and what would be your call to action or the principal challenge that you would give people to do? Okay, so um, you can find me on Facebook, Dorlon Charles. You can send me a quick friend request, send me a message. Um, that's a pr um, primary way you can contact me. I am trying to set up. I'm trying to set up a website where I can post all of my weekly uh, information um, on there. That's political uh, in nature. Principal challenge: Live them out. My call to action for me at this particular time, I have two. Number one, um, being careful with COVID-19, um, staying indoors. We're having a lot of the country is going back to that phase one, phase two stage where um, they're closing a lot of the businesses. So trying to stay home, making sure that you're communicating with your family, reaching out to a lot of your loved ones. Winter is approaching. Daylight savings time is happening so you know it gets it gets dark here around like four or five o'clock really early so making sure that you're staying indoors mentally um you are staying um together. Um, another thing that I would say my call to action, um, there are still some runoff elections that are happening around the country in certain um, locations. Please make sure that you guys go back out and vote, whether you do early voting, mail-in ballots, um, request your ballots, go ahead and look to see the deadline of when you have to turn it in, when you can request it. Um, we're in the fight right now for uh, Congress to have control of both the Senate and the House. And so far with the Senate is way too close to call. And so we really need, particularly Georgia, we need all of them to come out and vote um, and make sure that um, we 
we have a Congress where we can get some work done. Um, now that we have the um, elect president and vice president, they need to be able to have a Congress where we can get some laws passed to give some relief to people. Um, but if we have a Congress where um, they're fighting back and forth, we're not going to have anything passed within the next four years. So we need to make sure that we're all working on one accord and bipartisan as well. Regardless of your political ideology, you don't have to be a Democrat. If you are a conservative, that's fine as well. Let's go ahead and reach, send that olive branch and work together. That's what I want to do. It's, it's a time of healing, um, rather that's in your personal life, whether that's um, within our community, whether that's um, broader within our country. It's time to heal. There's been so much back and forth within the last four years. Um, a lot of wounds have been open. Um, a lot of people have really showed who they are, um, said a lot of hurtful things, did a lot of hurtful things to this country. And so we need to go ahead and start um, start the process of, of loving on one another, reaching out to people that you care about. That's going to be important. Um, I would say that would be my call of action for sure. Well, thank you very much. If you want to, you can disconnect. We're just going to go over some good news and end with our soul snack. Perfect. Um, thank you so much, ladies, for um, allowing me to participate today. I definitely love it. Um, the conversation was enriching and political scandal. Do not shy away from it. Join the political scandal for sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. For our next section, open your heart, ears, and mind as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Stacey Abrams and grassroots organizations across Georgia helped to register more than 800,000 new voters in the once red state. She also helped raise $6 million for the upcoming Georgia Senate runoff elections in January. Our second good news is also political. The Fighting Shirley Chisholm is a new film about the pioneering political maven who made history in 1972 as the first Black woman to run for president. Chisholm, a first NYC educational consultant, got into politics solely for the Brooklyn community's betterment. Her first campaign proving successful and allowing her to make history as the first Black Congresswoman. Years later, Chisholm would follow up her congressional run with a historic run for president. Richie Torres, a New York City council member, won his U.S. House race to represent the South Bronx, becoming the first Black member of Congress who identifies as gay. Tonight we made history, he tweeted. It is the honor of a lifetime to represent the essential borough, the Bronx. <laughs> Latricia, do you have our soul snack for today? Yes, I do. Our soul snack for today comes from a Kenyan proverb, and it says, when two elephants fight, it is the grass who suffers. That's our show for today. But before we close out, we want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers and everyone who has been rolling with us throughout this time. 
And thank you for your patience as we've been maneuvering through so many things this year and we haven't always been able to continue with our our schedule but we thank you all for all that you all the support that you give us yes we thank you until next time expand your minds and impact your communities thanks for listening to living the principles podcast be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.